This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's good! It's good! It's good! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. We'll take you to the places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, Hakeem drops the ball, turn, picks a flow, and touchdown. The hell is frozen over of the 2022 season. It is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. Welcome in, Saints fans. It's another edition of Inside Black and Gold, and we are in game week and finally got to see a little bit of action as we lead up to Sunday's matchup against the Falcons. Uh, Some players back on the practice field, some missing that, uh, I guess you would say, a little bit of a surprise. We'll get into something uh, Jeff wants to talk about with Bradley Roby. And also some keys to taking down the Falcons. No, not keys to taking down the Falcons. I don't need to talk about that because we already know the Saints should beat the Falcons. These will be three keys to how the Saints dominate the Falcons because that's what you should be expecting. The Saints should not be walking in to that tanking team's building and saying, oh, we just hope we we can scratch out a win. This should be a okay, we're going to walk in there. We're going to beat the bricks off these guys. And then we're going to start getting ready for the Bucks in week two. So, so I guess I, you're, confidently say, taking, you're, you're confidently taking five and a half points then. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I sh- you, that's the thing. You should be confidently taking five and a half points. And they're going to tell you all day long they're not looking past the Falcons, whatever, and that's fine. But, you know, I, w- I would not be satisfied with going in there and getting a, getting a close game from the Falcons because this is a team that should be – that is on paper – better at basically every position. So anyway, it's going to be three keys to dominating the Falcons. I want to get that straight. But yeah, the first thing we're going to get into, we're going to get into the injury report. But more importantly, we're going to get into Michael Thomas back on the field. He looked good. You know, every time I see him on the field, I'm like, oh yeah, was that guy hurt? I I don't know. He was limited today, but that's just kind of the, the, the kind of ramp up as we've talked about a lot from, okay, you weren't practicing now you're limited in a couple of days, you'll be full and then we'll go. Um, but I really do think for Mike, it was like, okay, he's, he's got a sore hamstring. We're going to give him some rest so that we can really push him this week and get him into game week. Dennis Allen wouldn't, you know, say high or low, whether he thinks Mike's going to play, but you know, the, the tone with which Mike answered questions and the look on his face did not strike me as a guy who was wondering whether he's going to play. I think he's going to play. Yeah, and I don't think he would have 
graced his presence with you know with us if if things weren't looking good on the positive for Sunday. Uh, definitely a more approachable Michael Thomas today he was actually we'll held out. court in front of the entire media, which was impressive. Just sat down on one of the tables in the in the media in the locker room, and yeah, I mean even even he seemed kind of happy to be talking to the media. It was a little strange. I mean, that's the goal. I feel great. Um, I think I had a great week day. Um, Coach preaches about winning the week and winning it day by day. So um, I think I could bank my Wednesday and look forward to coming out here and banking a Thursday. How much are you reaching? I'm ready for all you guys to see me play. Um, I'm, very, I'm itching very much. I think it's kind of obvious, but I don't want to get too excited for a couple of days. I like that. I'm ready for all you guys to see me play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, it was interesting. And so to kind of set the scene here, uh, Mike has a corner locker, <laughs> which it's, you know, a desirable locker because it's basically a twofer because you get both. And like Cam has a corner locker as well, but it's not a very exactly accessible right now because the plexiglass kind of barricades that they put up between the lockers are still there. So he's basically in this little enclave and, you know, we came in and so he's there and we're about to talk to him, but only like two reporters can get into that corner and all the TV cameras are, yeah. yeah. And all the TV cameras are like trying to push each other out of the way to get in there and get this like crazy angle. Um, and I expected him to just be like, well, good luck, and then leave. But, right. you know, instead he got up and, I, like I said, I thought he was leaving, but instead he just walks around and kind of sits on the on the table and allows everyone to kind of gather around and talk to him. And it's like, that's not the Michael Thomas that I remember. <laughs> you know, it, it almost seemed like he wanted it, uh, which, you know, maybe, maybe he does. You know, I think there is, and I was just talking to Christian and Bobby on Sports Talk about this, like, I think when you miss a season and you kind of have to take a step back, just like Jameis did and like appreciate like, man, I actually do really like playing football. And I think a lot of the process of that feels a little different than, you know, when you're just in that grind every day and you don't really have to kind of get that perspective. And I think he appreciates the attention now a little bit more. He appreciates the ability to just be like, yeah, I'm going to go play football this weekend. And, you know, I think that's part of the reason you're seeing him be a little more congenial with the media. Because I think I, I felt like other than other than Jeff Duncan, he has been very, very approachable and very friendly to the media. He's still you can barely hear him when he talks. But, you know, uh, you know, I, I as long as you can hear him, you know, that's it's he's been good. I was definitely surprised on how he approached us today. I, I thought for sure. And I call him the hockey boards that you know, we're, we're barricading us there in the locker room between well, how the players are separated there. I didn't, I didn't think that we were going to get any kind of access to him and just be SOL. Uh, but luckily, definitely anxious to see more of him at practice during the week. I know we don't get to see much still, but I, I, him being limited today is a huge positive in the fact that you can see the likelihood of him playing Sunday is pretty high, I think, considering that hamstring issue has been something that he's been nursing since Green Bay. And I feel like he should be on track to get back. And, you know, he fought so hard to get back from this ankle injury and look phenomenal during training camp. It would just be a huge downer if, for whatever reason, he isn't able to suit up on Sunday. Yeah, and just 
to kind of get this here. This is the injury report that was put out today. It's the first injury report that we've gotten so far. Um, one update is Tanner Owen is actually out with an illness. They had initially put him out non-injury related. But yeah, I, like again, I think, and I've said this, it really did strike me that last week was a get right week for a lot of these guys. And, you know, for, you know, guys like Landon Young and Paulson Adebo are the ones that I'm a little more concerned with because Absolutely. when I talked to Landon Young last week, he told me he had kind of kicked the hip issue. So this means that the hip is still kind of aggravated and that's something to consider. Anytime you have a guy who goes out with the same injury twice, that's not a great sign. It's not a positive sign. So that'll be something to watch. He was at practice, but wasn't participating in drills. Um, Traquan Smith was also at practice and not participating. I thought that his injury designation was interesting because I exactly. thought that he was going to be out with a shoulder, but it's actually a groin injury, which, you know, I, I think that's actually a positive thing because it looked like he went down hard on that shoulder and it would have been a kind of an impact injury that you were concerned with. So, you know, the groin injury is probably a little less significant if it is an injury, but yeah, Michael Thomas got that hamstring. He didn't show any signs of, of it being an issue. We only get about 25 minutes to watch practice at this point. So we don't know exactly how much work he got in. He was in the initial like drills and the routes against air. I would guess that he was not in the team portions or at least not in them completely. Otherwise he would have gotten a full practice. So that's going to be, you want to see that L change to an F um, at some point throughout the week. But again, getting, getting him out on the field on Wednesday is a great sign Whereas a guy like Paulson Adebo, you know, I don't know if if he doesn't practice tomorrow or Friday, I don't know if you can you can confidently say that he's going to be available because, you know, he's a he's a guy you want to get reps. And we, as we've been talking a lot about Mike, we know how ankle injuries can uh, can can last when you don't when you don't um, give them enough time to heal. So uh, I don't think this is going to be a team that that uh, takes any risks with an ankle early in the season, especially not when you have, as we're going to talk about a little more Bradley Roby to back him up if you need it. So, you know, that's, that's interesting. We also, the Eric McCoy injury is one I had not heard about. He's dealing with a calf. Um, he was limited though. He looks fine. I haven't seen any issues with him and obviously Pete Warner with the groin. So, you know, a lot of names on this list. The only one I'm really concerned about is Paulson Adebo because he's the only starter that I think is really in danger of missing time. Yeah, and you expect, you know, you're penciling Adebo in as your number two corner. Luckily, they have great depth there. And a guy we're going to be talking about soon with Roby there to back him up just in case kind of thing. But then, you know, you start getting a little thin now if Adebo ends up having to miss the game. Uh, I was kind of curious, though. You mentioned the Traquan Smith groin injury, and it, sh it sure looked like it was a shoulder issue when he left the game against the Chargers. And I'm curious if if that's even correct. I, I don't know if uh, the Saints made an error on the an injury report or if it really is a groin injury because he was definitely – looked like he was favoring that shoulder when he, got, when he was walking off the field. So that's a big question right there. And with Werner, I mean, at least we're seeing him out there taking part in, in the practices because that's another key one for for the opening weekend obviously alongside demario davis because we've talked about i think last episode about the questions at depth at linebacker yeah and i mean it was definitely a shoulder i mean da told us it was a shoulder after the game like he he said that so we know he was dealing with a shoulder issue so it's possible he's dealing with a separate issue 
I right. we did see him at one point throughout camp, like running with like resistance bands on, which is kind of yeah. a hip groin thing. So maybe it's been something he's been nursing, and you know it's just you know that they're still out with it, but. We'll see, you know, we'll find out, you know, Trey, it's anytime you're looking at Trey and he's got an injury, you're, you know, okay, another one, you know. So we'll have to see. But either way, I feel comfortable with their depth at receiver. I'm not worried about about Trey. One guy who was called up to the active roster, which makes sense, was Chase Hansen, who is now on the 53. He filled that last spot that was open after they reverted Trevor Penning and Malcolm Roach to IR. They signed Tanner Owen. And that left one spot open. That spot has been taken by um, Chase Hansen. And then they signed Jake Luton, the quarterback, to the practice squad. So you now have a scout team quarterback. And Chase Hansen, I'm sure, is going to slot in at the backup Will spot because Andrew Dowell doesn't make sense there. I think he was just a placeholder until they worked out a deal with Chase. So, yeah, I think if you do need a backup for Pete Warner, it's going to be Chase Hansen, which it's a good sign he's not on this injury report. So... You know, that's that's good for him. You know, one of the things that has been an issue for him has been he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So, you know, if he's able to do that and get out in the field, you know, that's a that's a bonus because I think he has been good when he's gotten a chance to play. Yeah, and he was definitely aggravated leaving the field in Green Bay when he suffered that that latest ding. And yeah, those questions came up of why why is it that Chase Hansen cannot stay on the field? He's just one of those guys that has has been an issue since joining the Saints of of just not being able to stay on the field and has been has been a guy obviously this team's like because they've kept him around since 2019. No doubt. So there's one other thing I do want to talk about in relation to Michael Thomas. And it is that he apparently thinks he is he is his plan is to break his own receiving record. That's his that's his plan. And uh, in case you were wondering, in 2019, is he? Is he still uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to top that. I'm trying top to top it. that. Yeah, top that for sure. Yeah, how do you look at 149? Is that a goal to? At the one, at the end of the day, the one thing I learned is that the game does not change. Like you know, there might be new players that come in, there might be you know new coaches, new whatever. The game doesn't change. It's all about creating separation, getting open, making a play, competing. And, being physical and those things I take pride in, those things I work on every day. So I like my chances and when the ball comes or when my number's called, making that play and just, you know, taking advantage of every opportunity and just being locked in, I feel like sky's the limit. Sky is the limit. Well, so the game doesn't change, but the teams change. A little bit. And my rebuttal to that would be, you know, I would settle for him playing 17 games. You know, that's that would be a huge victory in terms of, you know, getting back on the field. But, you know, uh, we were talking about this a little before we came on. You know, you don't catch 149 passes. You don't get 200 targets if there is a living body across from you that is like an acceptable target to throw the ball to. Um, and that will be the case this year. <laughs> you know, when, when, it was, when it was Ted Ginn and, you know, Alvin Kamara playing on a torn MCL and Jared Cook as the only other viable receiving option. Yeah, I'm throwing it to Mike every time. Um, when Jarvis Landry, when Chris Olave, when even, hey, Marcos Callaway, when Alvin Kamara are all out there and healthy, you don't have to catch 10 passes a game to be effective, but it's going to make life easier on Mike. I don't need to see him be that crazy volume receiver, but I would like to see him make more of an impact in bigger in big plays and take advantage of the space that's going to be 
allotted to him that has, never has been before because he was playing without, you know, he was never played with a guy like Jarvis Landry uh, across from him. Unless, I mean, other than maybe Brandon Cooks, his rookie season, that's he hasn't really had kind of that star wide receiver too. And now he does that forces teams to be play honest on the opposite side of the field. So, you know, I love the confidence. <laughs> I would much rather have a confident Mike Thomas than a, than a Mike Thomas saying, well, we'll have to wait and see, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think he might be overselling it a little bit there. Another thing too, is like that the relationship between him and Jameis Winston still needs to develop more. I don't think they have that same on the field chemistry that him and Drew Brees had at that point where I think it was Drew even said, like, I could just give Thomas a look and he would know what I was going, I was going to do kind of thing. And I, I know for a fact that the, that Jameis is not there yet with any of the receivers. Well, yeah, I mean, they've never completed a pass in a game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's not going to have the level of trust and that he had with Drew Brees until, you know, maybe they complete a pass. The only, yeah, maybe, the only, maybe next year he could break the record. I don't think it's going to happen this year. It would be tough. It would be tough, especially when you don't need to be, you know, one of the reasons that you had to throw so many times is because you didn't have as dominant of a defense. When you have a good defense, you don't need to put up as many points to throw it as many times. Well, so what I think the only game that they played together was the second half of in against the 49ers in the 2020 season. That was the game that Drew Brees cracked his ribs and had to leave at halftime. And I think he got, he had a handful of targets, but they didn't hook up, you know? And so you, you, you don't really know, you know, I've said a lot. One of the things that I'm really curious to see from Jameis Winston is whether he's willing to accept smaller gains, you know, not every play can be a chunk play. Sometimes you just need to get six yards on first down and just move the chains. And that's what Mike Thomas is going to be able to get you as well as anybody. He's going to get open. He's going to get to his spot and you just got to throw it to him. You got to trust him to be there. And, you know, sometimes it's going to, I think great on Jameis's, you know, want to extend a play and, and find that deep throw that, you know, maybe will work one in five times. It's like, no, we just need to stack first downs and you want to take that easy money when it's there. And so, you know, that's something we have not seen and we're going to have to see. And Jarvis is, is going to be the same way. So it, I don't think it would be even possible for Jameis and, and Mike to hook up 150 times just because of the way that Jameis operates and you're going to score quicker. Drew, Drew didn't throw it down the field in that in his 2019 season, really. He's, his arm was jello at that point. So, yeah, I think, uh, again, like I said, I love the confidence, and I really do appreciate the um, attitude that we've gotten from Mike Thomas. I think it's a really healthy, productive approach that he's taking. But uh, I think 150 is off the table, uh, at least for this year. Yeah, and like you mentioned, the, the attitude's a big thing, obviously, because – you know, everybody remembers all the drama that was going on between him and the now departed C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He's he, he he's traded away the, the tiff that they had at practice. And then there was the rumors of mistrust with the franchise after, you know, things went awry with the ankle surgery. So it's definitely been a huge positive um, for Thomas's relationship with the team seems to be a-okay. I know even in the offseason, Dennis Allen flew out west to uh, check in on him while he was doing some rehab work. And as long as everybody's on the same page, 
The Saints are looking gravy right now heading into the season, and I know that everybody's anxious to see all these weapons on the field at once because, you know, we, we really haven't gotten that full taste of what this offense can be, I still think. Yeah, let's, let's knock off that segment there. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about Bradley Roby, Mr. Ballhawk himself. Stick around on Inside Black and Gold.